0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Ambitiously Broke, the most relatable podcast out to date.
1: And we're back for episode two.
0: Boom, episode two. We uh, we survived episode one. So. Amazingly,
1: but you know what? It went pretty well.
0: Exactly. As always, my name is Jacob Stiegel.
1: And I'm Sam Mobley.
0: And we're here to grow with you guys and teach you some interesting facts that we have learned through our lives about investing, business, life in general, a whole bunch of different stuff. So. Yep we're uh we're being transparent and sharing our journey with you guys so today for our topics we're kind of going to do like a little random ranting uh we really didn't have anything mapped out for today we kind of are just winging this because you know we um we're
1: going to get we want to get a feel for it exactly. you know we've got some interviews lined up for the next for upcoming episodes so right now we're just going to kind of get a feel for it kind of get into the groove and
0: exactly not get only do going. we have um really good interviews lined up yeah. we also may have a sponsor lined up too tbd keep that on the down low for you guys but Um, we're really excited to get everything situated and get this snowball going because once it rolls, it's going to be the great snowball effect. It's going to keep going. Yep. Exactly. So we're going to do some random rants today. We're going to introduce a new, uh, topic slash subject that we have come up with that we really think will be interesting for you listeners in our community to really keep everybody accountable and, um, really take a outside look at at your life and your expenses and everything like that and see you know where you fall and where you can improve yep definitely i don't know about you but i know i can definitely improve on some serious (laughs) there's definitely some
1: places some places i could not spend some places that i could maybe spend but
0: yeah i mean we spend a lot yeah and we don't make a lot hence and you know a lot of it goes to gas a lot of it i mean most of it goes Dude, gas prices now are so ridiculously high dude
1: it's insane. I saw 4.50 the other day. Who pays 4.50 for gas? I bats? was
0: in West Hollywood for my softball league. It was 4.89. I literally. Ugh and i was out of gas dead ass out of gas and like Dude. i went to the gas station i sat there for a second i really thought about it i was like am i really gonna pay this almost five dollars a gallon <laughs> Do i really want to pay that much i i think i put 10 bucks that's when was you, like, put, you, yeah, know, you put yeah you put one gallon in and to drive get to get the one down yeah the store, it's enough to get me to the valley so that i can at <laughs> least fill up a little bit cheaper but it was ridiculous
1: um it honestly is insane i just can't even believe how much is i literally can't even fill up my car it maxes out nope. 100 the pumps max out at 100 dollars, and then it doesn't allow me to f- keep filling
0: up right and you can't if you swipe your card more than i think it's twice at the gas station checks it maxes it and it's it insane it's
1: i'm like where'd all my money go this week oh it's right
0: gas absolutely <laughs> ridiculous um anyway so on top of our random rant As many of you know, I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Westlake Village here. If you need anything, feel free to reach out to me um, via social media. Definitely one of the best salesmen I know. Yeah, I'll sell you anything. I'll sell the shirt off my back. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about a really interesting subject tonight, which is renting versus buying, especially out here in California where real estate is so expensive. But a lot of young people think it's smart to rent a house or apartment or anything like that. Or are
1: worried that
0: they're not going to be able to buy a house or a condo at some point. I think, um, you know, it's it's a really big misconception that people have and it costs us young people a ton of money and sets us back major in buying a home in the long run. And
1: it's definitely been an issue right now about like how you should go about it and
0: how... Where is to buy and where you want to live? I mean, they're all factors that go into it. Exactly. So we're going to be uh, touching base on that tonight. But for our random ranting, I know this week has been really interesting for me. Um, I started a new, not business venture, but a new life lesson adventure. Nice. What's Um, that? It's a new class that my market center offers called Bold. And it's about being bold in your business and really understanding how um you know how how the business works and it gets you out of your shell and really pushes you to be accountable for your actions in your real estate world so whether that's you know I'm going to prospect clients for three and a half hours a day. Interesting. They put somebody accountable to say like, hey, did you actually do that shit today or did you not? Interesting. And so they're of, kind
1: of trying to keep you, you kind of have to be on your own schedule, but there is still someone looking over to see if you can stay on your own schedule.
0: Exactly. Because it, it in all reality, it is about accountability. It is. And absolutely. With any job, I think, which we've definitely come to realize is if you're not accountable for your own actions and if you're not somebody that stays on top of your shit, like it's very easy to fall behind yep. and forget things and let it go by the wayside. Absolutely. And
1: a lot of times it's important things that fall by the wayside. And, you know, it's it's hard getting to a new job. And a lot of people today want – a lot of companies today want independent workers. Right. So it's like
0: it's hard. You got – they're really strong skills to learn, but they're hard skills to acquire. And I think, too, especially with the younger generation, us included – a lot of us think, you know, hey, I'm going to come into this job. They're going to tell me exactly what to do. And as long as I stick to that game plan, yep. I'll be okay. They can't fire me. And a lot of the time, they just kind of drop you into it. Exactly. It's very sink or swim, which we'll tell you some really good stories about that in a second. Yeah. Because I've definitely sank a few times and you've definitely sank a few times. And yep. I've it swam happens a couple. Yeah. But um, it happens. So... Um, I think it's a really big thing to realize is that you have to be accountable for your actions. And this class is really making me look at myself and say, am I working to my potential? Or am I waking up at 9 o'clock, might have a shitty morning and say, fuck it, it's a bad day. Yeah, not really going to do anything for a few hours. I'm letting the day go.
1: It's hard because the morning hours are sometimes like most vital when you can get the most done. I mean, that's when a lot of stuff is open. There's a lot of like, it's hard to do stuff in the evening because a lot of... Companies and things like that aren't necessarily open. So. Right.
0: And especially too, out here, a lot of people commute to work. So, yeah. for myself as a realtor or as a camera operator, anything that I've done in the past, like it really seems that the time to catch somebody on the phone, the time that everybody's thinking about work and all this stuff is that 6 a.m. to 9 30 a.m. gap because yeah. that's when they're sitting in the 405 traffic, which. If you're not from California, you don't know. But if you are from California, you know is a fucking parking lot yep. after if you, Coachella. If
1: you get in there at the wrong time, you don't. It, you barely
0: move. I was in Huntington Beach the other day. It's 70 miles from my house. It took me four and a half hours to drive home. Oh, my gosh. How Dude, It's in, the bad. traffic
1: is so bad. And it's definitely gotten Horrible. worse. I mean, the 101 is practically just like the 405 now it's the worst thing ever and there's always construction one accident you're screwed it doesn't i I mean there's like two hours throughout the day that you can drive without traffic and that's maybe i mean i was on the five at like one in the afternoon today and there was we sat in traffic for 20 minutes because of construction i'm like why are
0: you doing construction in the middle of the day well that's the thing it's like okay do the fucking construction at like midnight right like when everyone else does i mean but the thing is they don't do it. They sit there and wait until fucking Today, six in the morning.
1: I drove past this group of guys and they were all, they were working on the road and they were all just standing in a circle. Nope,
0: I got a better one. I'll top it. <laughs> I was driving home the other day. I got to Los Virginis, and you know, in that center, uh, in the center divider, there's that spot that they're doing the construction yes. on. So they yep. have it kind of widened out. Yep. There was a guy sitting on the plot, like the tractor, Oh my gosh. Dead ass asleep. <laughs> just passed out. Passed out. And there was no other workers That's like there. one of the most important things. It's like, what is this guy doing when it no one else is around? <laughs> so legendary because I'm sitting, I'm driving home. I'm tired as hell from work. Yeah. And here's this guy. He, he must've fallen asleep after work and everyone else left. Just flat out asleep. Done. People probably left and just didn't even think about it. It was incredible. I wanted to take a picture, but I was not to say I was speeding, but I was going too fast because I had to get home. I was right. so tired. Um, Those are good. That's a good combination. Yeah, so driving fast, tired and, tired, and driving fast. It's horrible combo. But you know, speed limit but, is a suggestion, right? right. It's <laughs> absolutely. You know, the orange signs. That's that's a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, the one that says uh, "slow down around the corner" like ten percent grade. Yeah, you, you could know. you okay. could take it at the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> you could stay going fifty, but you might want to do thirty five. Um, but yeah, so I think um, it's horrible. I don't don't know.
1: It's just getting worse and worse and worse. They're going to have to figure out something. LAX is just as bad. I mean, it's worse. Did you see they weren't even allowing Ubers into it anymore? Really? Yeah, they stopped. Well, that makes
0: sense. Last time I got an Uber at LAX, it literally took them an hour to get around and find me.
1: It's a joke.
0: Yeah, and I got charged for that hour.
1: Yeah, which is insane. It was horrible. I mean... It's just ridiculous even going to the airport. I don't even... And there's no tram. There's no subway that goes right in. It's like you have to go through that traffic every time. Well, and it's also a known thing that we have the worst public transit system in LA ever. It's essentially non-existent. I mean, it's there, but it's like it barely takes you
0: anywhere. I mean, um, so I've been to Atlanta a few times recently. Uh And they have a tram or a train or subway kind of thing that goes around their airport. And it takes you to another section of the airport once you arrive and leave. Right. Yeah. Um. And it makes it so much easier. But again, I kind of feel like I might get stabbed on the train because it's kind of sketchy looking. But yeah. but you know it makes it, it expedites easier, the process Which is the hard
1: part. It's like, do I want to maybe get stabbed and save some time, or do I want to just
0: wait the four wait hours ahead. sitting for? And my you know Uber? what?
1: Honestly, I'd rather go the a little more sketchy route sometimes. Hundred percent. It also depends if I'm late. One
0: hundred percent. Which we usually are. Right. Um. Well, actually, because I hate sitting in the airport. I'm never late for a flight because I hate flying. I'm so scared of planes. You always make sure you're there early. I make sure I'm like four hours early because I need to take a Xanax. (laughs) I need to sit down (laughs) and I need to really contemplate if this flight is worth it.
1: Best way to fly. I've Um, only ever, have you ever bailed on a flight? I only ever bailed on one flight.
0: I've never bailed on a flight, but I have. Had a minor freakout slash semi- On the flight? Serious panic attack on a flight. Oh,
1: that's my worst fear. It was horrible.
0: You got to make sure you have extra Xanax in case you get the panic attack on the plane. Well, okay. So, listeners out here, you guys, like we had mentioned last time, Sam and I went to Croatia together. So, we've traveled the world together. I got to a point where I was pretty comfortable flying because I was doing it so much. Yeah. I stopped flying for a little bit to finish out college and- you forget back what to square like, one. <laughs> I was start so back. bad. So we were going to Costa Rica for Christmas. My whole family, my girlfriend, my brother, his fiance, everybody. Just this last Christmas. This last Christmas. So we go there on Christmas Day. Easy flight out, no problem, no Xanax. And I was like, I got this got, shit. Totally no big got deal. Easy, like you know, six and a half hour flight. Right, no big deal. Smooth. So the way there, smooth, no problems none whatsoever i had a great couple next to me they're from canada we chatted it up the whole time because there were no like keep TV- your mind off it yeah there were no tvs on the plane yep. either it was uh. an alaskan airline which Alaskan you gotta media. connect your phone dude i couldn't why not because i was shaking so much oh well my yeah, hands were go. shaking i was calm but my hands were shaking yeah anyway we flew during the day which i'm fine with flight home we leave at like six o'clock at night uh-huh we fly back we get in this shit turbulence. Ugh. That plane started bouncing around. Drinks were flying everywhere. They weren't serving food. Again, That's you know it's going to be bad when they stop serving food. And there's no TVs. Right. So there's nothing so to take your mind off anything. I'm sitting there and it's all jumbled up. I couldn't sit next to my girlfriend because of ticketing issues. And then my parents were sitting on the other side of the aisle. I'm next to a random lady. I'm trying to talk to her and she's like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, yeah, she's let like, me I don't want to hear that out. shit. I'm going to take a fucking sleep. She's, she's, taking gonna, take I'm a nap. I'm going to take a sleep. Yeah. Yeah, she was taking a sleep. Um, <laughs> and I'm freaking out. My heart was pounding, oh, dude. Like so bad to the point where my hands went completely numb. I was shaking. My stomach was like the muscles in my stomach, my abs, uh-huh. which is just one ab. I wouldn't say it's abs. Um, start like. At least you have an ab. Contracting and like convulsing so hard that, like, I'm at this point 100% positive I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Just full on freak out. Hearts throbbing, can't see anything. I'm freaking out. My legs are numb. My hands are numb. Like, every time I moved my wrists, it just felt like I was pulling a tension band. Yeah. It was just so tighter and tighter and tighter. So I looked at my mom and I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to have a heart attack on this flight. I kid you not the flight attendant is standing next to me with the drink cart uh-huh and this was right when we hit turbulence like the 15th time granted this is the first and of course she's got the drink cart this too. is the first hour of the flight ah uh, you know it's gonna be a long one when you hit it right away oh yeah it's dark outside you can't see anything and we're bouncing she blocks me in so you can't even get out of the seat. I looked at her and I said, listen, ma'am, with all due respect, you need to fucking move because I'm going to pass out. I need to stand up. She goes, sir, we're experiencing turbulence. You need to sit down. And I oh, said, nope. Shit.
1: You're like, you no, nope, don't, don't really care.
0: I was like, I can't feel my hands. I can't see. I need to stand up. I need to move. I'm claustrophobic. Like, let me out of my yeah. seat. I get out and she moved to the back of the plane. Uh huh. So I walked up to first class. And I'm standing there with the first class flight in attendant first class. in first class. <laughs> and I told him, I said, listen, buddy, I'm having a really bad panic attack. <laughs> I don't uh, Well, I was like, I don't know what's happening, yeah, but you're I'm just, having like, a panic out. attack and I'm going to have a heart attack in a minute. I'm terrified right now. And he's like, oh, what's going on? Like, how's everything going? I'm like, I just told you shit. Yeah. yeah I fans, you know what's bro. fucking going on. Yeah. So moral of the story is I was fine. Right. Um, I ended up taking a Xanax and I calmed down. Nice. He was like, oh, do you have a Xanax? I was like, I have one in my pocket, but my hands are shaking so much I physically cannot grab it. <laughs> so I took the Xanax. I calmed down. But I got to chill in first class for like two hours. Hell yeah. Just standing there though. Dude. Like I couldn't sit down. Right. There were no seats. So you I was at least got to by, hang by out the jump there. seat basically where the flight attendants hang out and you know like they're like get out of the way where you won't hurt anyone when they i had like full access to the bar he was giving me waters and sodas nice and I could use the first-class bathroom, which was no special. Which is the special. exact same. Yeah, no big deal. My favorite part. The pilot came out at one point, and I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, the plane. <laughs> you're like, hold on, hold on, we're flying. And he literally looked at me and was like, I got to take a piss. I'll be back in a minute. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what all- about the plane? I'm already having a panic attack, buddy. Get the fuck back in your seat. <laughs> could you go to the fucking steering wheel, yeah. please? So... um, I was fine, but I haven't really... I've flown one time since then. Damn. And I was with my girlfriend. I was perfectly fine. I took a Xanax and uh, chilled out. Sometimes, I look at turbulence sometimes as
1: a roller coaster. You know, it's... Well, that's the thing. It's like up and down. Sometimes it adds a little little flair to the flight.
0: Yeah, if it's like a 45 minute flight to fun, Vegas. It's fine. But it's it adds a little flair. When I'm on a 6 hour flight, yeah. it's like and it's Shit. happening right away. Yeah. Right off the gate, it's like here we go. Bump, bump, bump and you're like, I'm out. Yep. Get me the fuck. You're like, I would like
1: You know, they could have landed in like Mexico or something.
0: Dude, I I literally told the flight attendant I was like, I would tell you to land this bitch because <laughs> like I don't <laughs> like, know I'm medically where day. I'm at right now. You're like, now.
1: could you I think I'm going to need a doctor.
0: Yeah. That's why, like, honestly, it's why I wear an Apple watch now. Cause I'm like, if it goes bad, it automatically right. alerts the know. hospital. Yeah. Like it's just going to alert them. They'll be waiting for They'll be for here. Me. And, but the problem is we were between Costa Rica. Oh, I'm like hitting stuff right now. Um, we we're between Costa Rica and California. So we we're in like the no man's land of Mexico. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, not, not like you land like yeah, some dirt lot. Not over like, you know, any good Mexican area. It was just like desert. Right. So we could so if you
1: land, you could you may find an airport but you're not gonna find a doctor. so it's not yeah, going to be good. you might find
0: an airport, but it's probably gonna be like a cartel runway right um, So that really wasn't an option. We can and he use even told cartel me, doctor, but I mean, the funny thing was he told me when we got off the flight we had to they our flight was delayed so they like we had to reroute around a storm uh-huh um, so they basically told us like listen, we don't have a terminal. Or a a gate to taxi to. So we're just going to drop you guys on a bus in the middle of the tarmac. Uh, So the bus shows up. Yeah, LAX. And we get off and the flight attendant's on the bus with me. And Uh he literally looked at me like halfway on the bus ride and goes, you know, it kind of gives me a thrill sometimes to see a grown man have a freak out like that. (laughs) you're like okay and i almost punched that dude in the face yeah you're like thanks dude i'm glad you were worried about. i was like coming down from the panic attack i was so drained and exhausted after that long ass flight yeah already after a long flight so you're already drained but then it's like out of really bad panic the worst panic attack i've ever had and he was like poking fun at me it's like all right dick yeah you're an asshole but he was a very nice guy. I mean, I couldn't yeah, say he anything nicer about, you know, he was fantastic, but he was just having fun, poking fun at me. Right. Um, anyway, that's our random ranting. Uh, we can do that all day. Because, Literally nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost track of time, but... I think it's been, what, 15 minutes? It's been like 18 and a half, actually. Damn. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I totally forgot what we were talking about before flights. Do you remember? no i have no idea so we'll pick it up there (laughs) um flying for business is very fun if they pay for it but that's
1: that's the best especially you know i've never had a business
0: paid first class seat though i've never flown first class well i I take that back i flew first class one time from california to arizona And if you've ever flown that flight, you know it's the same as every other seat on the plane because it's only a 45-minute flight. (laughs) It's a tiny airplane. Yeah, I flew first class
1: once. It was from Portland to L.A., and I was checking two bags, which were both $25, and the first class upgrade was $50. So I was like, and it came with two free bags. I know. When we went
0: to Croatia, one of our contestants or our yeah he somehow finagled his way into a business class seat he finagled his way into a business class seat he said for like 200 bucks right and usually they're like 800 i think i don't know maybe it's i full think shit. he paid more yeah i think he lied to us because if
1: i had gone up there and asked them for a 200 business class seat i would not have gotten it. i try every time i have to go on a plane i try yeah
0: but lots of works. times
1: though i'll get on like international flights at least i'll get like a whole road of myself which is nice
0: that's good though yeah Anyway, so we're going to get back to life lessons. Right. Um, we were somewhat talking about Bold, the program I was doing, and how it keeps you accountable for your business actions. So I'm going to give you guys a little call to action for our listeners. And if you are in a rut in your business, or if you think that you're doing very well in your business, take a look at it from a outside perspective which I think is very key and important, even though being young and looking at the business world, um, you can still see how much it really benefits you, but take a look at yourself and your business from an outside standpoint and really think about the places that you can improve. Now, I thought I was doing pretty good in real estate so far, pretty well, I should say. Um, I have no clients yet. But again, I'm only five but weeks yeah, gotta into work this you way into it. So I went door knocking the other day, which is where you literally knock on people's doors in your neighborhood and introduce yourself, give them their sales pitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. I knocked on a hundred doors. Oh my gosh. In two hours. I was dripping sweat. Yeah. So exhausted. It being like 90 degrees out here. But I talked to 75 people in person. Damn, that's a lot. That I, That's a lot. I timed it out though, to where I caught them on their lunch breaks. So, people come home in our area for lunch. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, and it was a holiday. Yep. Coming off of Columbus so there's Day. There's some people working, some people yeah, not working. Or Indigenous People Day. Um, whatever you want to celebrate. I'm glad you on brought that, that up because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I I mean, let's not get into that, though. We can really go into that. That's in a, minute. a deep one. Yeah. But um, I caught a bunch of people on their lunch break and I had some fantastic conversations. But the reason I'm saying be accountable for your actions is I looked at it and said, you know, I'm on social media I'm networking like crazy and I'm really trying to do all this stuff um, and I'm getting a decent following in response to um, all the stuff I'm posting about real estate and things like that people are asking me questions but none of them are signing contracts yet I haven't gotten to that point I haven't broken that barrier so I started asking around like what's something that you know a really successful agent does and people in my office told me you know go door knock what, what can hurt? And I was like, you know what? No, like I'm so beyond that. Yeah. You're at least like, I can see it because you're at least like getting
1: your name out there and word of mouth is huge. And even if one of these people sees you and knows
0: someone that's looking for an agent, they have at least heard your name and kind of know your name. Right. But my thing was like, I'm going to market on social media. I'm going to market on Facebook. I'm 24 years old. Like I got this millennial stuff. You know what I mean? Yep, I don't jump need, in on that kind of side, exactly. take it on a
1: different approach,
0: take a different approach. So I was it. trying to be like new and hip and cool with it, but I took a step back and said, you know what? Maybe I should give this a try. And I put, you know, I set a goal at mm-hmm. the beginning of the week and said, I, I have 75 flyers that I've printed off nice. about a food drive that I was doing for the holidays. Okay. And I'm going to start giving them out. I know it's really early. It's only October 15th. Yeah, but it gets your name out there. It gets my name out there. And then I'll go back and knock the doors again. So I said, I'm not going to give a flyer to anybody that I don't physically talk to. I'm not going to leave it on their doorstep because it's just going to get eaten by their dog Absolutely. whatever. Or just blown away in the wind. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing that anchors it to the house that says, hey, I was here. It's just going to blow away. So I made that goal and I said, I'm going to talk to 75 people. Whoever it is, I don't care if they're running down the street, I'll stop them and run with them. <laughs> I handed out all 75 flyers awesome. in two hours, but it was something that I was a little nervous to do. It was something I wasn't really sure that was necessary. Right. And you kind of think about the way you have to kind of you
1: kind of second guess the approach you're right. taking.
0: Yeah, right. exactly. So I wasn't sure about it, but it really made me look at it and think about how many people are comfortable in the way that they're doing something in their business and not willing to really get out of their shell and try something different and how much that really hinders their overall outcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Definitely. So like if um, I would have just stayed on social media marketing, yes, I could have blown up and gone Instagram famous being a realtor. Yep. But the but likelihood you have to, of you're that, at, you're kind of
1: diversifying
0: your exactly. marketing cast a wider net. Yep. catch more fish
1: and you have to see you have to try to approach the people that aren't necessarily on social media because it is exactly. a good market
0: and especially
1: out here i feel like our average uh home buyer age is kind of a little older than what we would see yeah, on social usually media usually in like the they're late be 30s to media, but they're not going to be as dense as your lower your younger right. age population they're
0: not going to be active you know eight hours a day is where people that are in college high school and stuff like that are going to be sitting on their phone a lot more yeah. and but those are the a people lot. that aren't buying a house from me right let's be honest and if it's they true, are right? then yeah. like great power to them but, and it's
1: very possible to find that but you want to you definitely want to diversify how you're advertising, right, exactly. and who you're advertising so, to
0: i just thought it was really cool and i i wanted to kind of give you guys a challenge and say you know let us know on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that if you own a business, if you are an independent contractor, however it works, but really take this seriously. Take take a look at your business and how much you are working and what you're doing and try something different. See
1: the places you can improve. See exactly. the places you can kind of do something that you
0: don't necessarily know if it will work, but exactly. it's kind of worth it sometimes. But give it a try. It's either going to work or it's not, but you know what? Like... It doesn't hurt to give it a shot. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, shit, I could have knocked on a guy's door and it could have been Bill Gates. You never know. You know, yeah. like, who knows who you lives who you're in your area. Into,
1: you never knew who you're going to see exactly. or you're going to talk to.
0: Say I was a... Connections is huge. Yeah. It's
1: huge. Even, it's you might even run into someone that could help you out in a totally different
0: way than you're actually exactly. looking for. I actually, it was pretty funny. I ended up, and it's kind of a thing with realtors. They always say, you know... Don't poach other people's clients. Don't knock on other realtors' doors and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, like, I'm not trying to sell you. Right. Yes, I'm a salesperson, but I'm not trying to go there and pitch something to you at your door. I'm just trying to introduce myself, get my face known, get my get, name Let people known. know who you are. Kind yeah, of be just a community. Be part of the community. Exactly, a community resource whether you have a realtor or not, I just want to be a friendly name. Yep. You and know? know, just know the name, know exactly. who you are, know what you do. So I actually, I ended up knocking on a lady's door and she was from a competitor agency and she had a beautiful house here and, in just nearby. Yeah. Right across the street Excellent. from where I live, like not directly across the street, but the neighborhood across nice. the street. And she had by far the nicest neighborhood or nicest house in the neighborhood on top of the mountain, beautiful, fully remodeled, I knocked on her door and she answered. I said, hi, you know, my name's Jacob Stiegel. Um, I just am walking the neighborhood trying to introduce myself to people and spread this message that I am doing a food drive for the holidays. Um, I have a flyer with all the information. If you're interested, I would love to have participants. She goes, oh, well, I'm actually with this agency. I'm a realtor as well. I said, fantastic. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm not trying to sell your house. I just really want to help these people that are less fortunate than us. Yep. And we live in a the very nice neighborhood Getting the cause out. Exactly. And if I could just be a neighborhood resource and she said something very valuable to me and that was that I knocked on her door. I could have knocked on anybody's door, but I knocked on her door and she goes, you knocked on my door. I go, yes, I did. I physically knocked on your door. She goes, I don't mean physically. She goes, I mean, spiritually, emotionally, and everything in between. You made the conscious decision to come to my house and knock on my door. You're physically putting the effort in to come into my house and knocking on my door. She goes, I'm not doing a food drive. I'm with a competitor agency, but I'm going to call you and I'm going to donate food to your company because... You're out here doing it for yep. a good cause, and because
1: she can see that you're out there making the effort, and exactly. you're making the effort to get your name out there, but also for a good cause and to help others.
0: Right, I'm I'm out, out there for a good reason. Yeah, you know, I'm giving them value to you're their life as well. You're not out there selling or just trying to push yeah. advertise yourself, I'm not which sleazy. you are do, and it is part of it. But, but it's you're, positive advertising. Yeah. You know, my name will be associated with an event that was positive and not with someone that was trying to sell something. Exactly. And that's what I try to do. But I really found it refreshing that somebody saw that and saw my intention with handing these flyers out was not to sell their house. I wasn't trying to go there and say, hey, let me put my sign in your yard and sell your house for you. Yes, that would be fantastic. But I'm trying to create a relationship and I'm trying to get my name out there as somebody that's positive in the community. And she was very receptive to it. And she could have been... She recognized what you were doing. And she could have been like, listen, fuck you. Like, we're competitors. I don't have to do shit for you. Um, Get off my lawn.
1: But she was working into the cause because she wasn't doing something like that. And she knew it was a place that she could
0: contribute. Exactly. So, moral of my call to action statement and say that you guys should do this is... Like I said, you don't know who you'll meet. This lady could have been the meanest person to me because she's a competitor agent. But she understood that I was doing something out of my comfort zone. She understood that I was taking a risk just randomly knocking on people's doors. And putting in the effort. I mean, that's
1: that's alone a lot more than some people are able to do.
0: Exactly, and she saw that I was just going for it. So I really think that's receptive to people and I really think it can transform your business and hopefully really boost some revenue for you guys, um, you know, whether your business is freelance or you have an office job, you know, if you're an accountant, like be the best damn accountant you can be and try something new, like if something you out use, of the ordinary, yeah, something
1: that may take people by
0: surprise. Exactly. If you, you know, send out an email every day to people that just says, Hey, you know, good morning. I, um, crunched all the numbers last night and we came in the green 5%. Mm-hmm. Great. People are going to see it and
1: just kind of think about it and ignore it. They're right. not going to think about a different aspect. They're not going to think about the person behind it. But uh, if you
0: if you do that every day, people are going to lose the luster of it. Right. It may have been cool when you first started it. But maybe switch it up for a week and see if you send out an email that says, good morning, everybody. I hope everyone had a great weekend. By the way, we came in the green 5%. But I would also like to say we're getting donuts today at lunch and throw a little image of a donut on there. That's going to catch somebody's attention. So Who to change knows? Change it up. Maybe Make that's not different. your personality, but be comfortable in what you do. But I just mean try something different and see maybe it'll benefit you. Maybe it'll get you out of your shell a little bit. And I think, you know, it definitely works for me. So, yeah. so I think that's a big thing. I got a question for you being a yes. realtor and all. Yes, yes. What, what is your view on the rent versus buy? I think personally, renting is It's good and bad. And I say that because I have rented prior Yep, so have I Yeah, exactly, we both have Um, So you know what it's like And you know how expensive it is and things like that I think renting is good If you're in a spot temporarily So if you aren't planning on living there forever Yeah If you are, say, in college Rent a place Because you're only going to be there for two to four years You know you're not, yeah, there's no reason
1: to buy. I mean, of course, a college kid couldn't really buy, but you know, that's a situation where, like,
0: you know that you're not going to be there for long. Most likely. Most likely, yeah. And you might fall in love with that place. Like, you know, a lot of people I know that um, go to these four-year universities absolutely end up falling in love with the place that they go to. I've met a
1: lot of people that, like, went to a school and just stayed and they ended up working at the school or working
0: in the community. And they'll never leave. So that's great. But I think in the general aspect of it that's a good time to rent because you're temporarily placed somewhere if you're doing a movie and you're in new mexico you live in california rent a place right makes sense but if you're living somewhere say you live in santa monica and you work in beverly hills what's the point of renting a place in santa monica yeah it's it doesn't so make expensive. expensive. You're paying so... somebody else's mortgage plus a couple thousand dollars, and that's what's crazy is
1: with homeownership. There is like there are a lot of expenses along with it, but usually at least you're putting those expenses towards your like, towards something that's yours. You're building right. equity in yourself
0: and in your net worth and in your holdings and your property. Right. Exactly. So I think what people really lose aspect in, or lose sight of when they start renting is the black hole that they go down. Renting is a temporary situation. And that's what a lot of young people don't understand is that when you start renting a place, say you sign a year lease. Well, that year lease is 12 full months of renting. Say your rent is... And a lot of times it's hard to get out of. There are, it is possible to pay fees and stuff, but you end up paying a lot. You pay a ton. Yeah. So out here, the average rent for a house is going to be in the 3000 plus range yep. a month. Not including utilities, not including your security deposit. Your insurance. Nothing. So that's pretty costly. I mean, at that point, and that's like a two-bedroom, three-bedroom place, if you're lucky. And it's probably going to be iffy. Yeah. Um, but that being said... There's people that do it and there's people that swear by it. I know a lot of people that are like, hey, I'm a leaser. Until and in the a lot of
1: situations, that is the way. I mean, if you yeah. if that's what you feel, if you don't want to have the worry of a home ownership and have the worry of like having to deal with the issues that may go wrong, then you know what? It is the way. And I can see how some people are definitely for it. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good for some people. My whole thing and and the reason I really wanted to get into real estate is because I want to buy a house. Yep. I want to buy a house young, um, and my girlfriend and I are looking at places. So when I say I, I mean we want to buy a house and yeah. get this, you know, whole thing situated. Yeah, we want to start into that exactly kind of into that into world. that world. But at the end of the day, we're really young to be looking at that and doing this whole situation of buying a house. But if you break down the expenses of it. Yes, it's expensive to get the down payment and that's the issue, but that's see that's one of the issues nowadays. but that issue is super super manageable right because the cost of living is so high out here, the wages are so high out here that you're for a first time home buyer, you can literally come out with a three and a half percent down FHA loan yeah and walk away with a place for 10 to fifteen thousand bucks
1: down definitely and it's definitely doable but one of the issues i see behind it is kind of breaking that threshold how do you break that threshold between when you're spending all this money on your rent right and then how are you saving enough on top of that so you really have to you really have to be kind of cramming in some places to be able to save the money to get that down payment
0: right but are you willing to live broke hence ambitiously broke are you willing to live broke and uncomfortable for six months to a year to be able to live that and kind of get your own Start to live comfortably and put equity into your pocket after that six months.
1: And because after that six months, besides your standard like home maintenance and wear and tear and things like that, you are, like you said, putting equity into yourself. And in a lot of times, in a lot of ways, Your rent, your mortgage will end up
0: being cheaper than your rent in a lot of, in most places. 1,000%. I will guarantee you, I can find you a house that will be cheaper than a one bedroom apartment in my town. I can find you a 400 to $450,000 decently nice place that will have a great ROI return on investment. Issue, at some point.
1: Yep. Yeah, and the issue out here is rent is just so I mean, when you're paying a minimum of eighteen hundred to two thousand dollars for it's one ridiculous. bedroom. Ridiculous. If you have anyone more than yourself or a significant other in that place, you're done. You can't I mean you have to go up in bedrooms, you have to go up in price.
0: It's yeah, it just I adds mean, on top of it. So that's my whole thing. And that's that's why I push it so much, especially with young people and being twenty four myself, like I really want to express to people that are in our age group. And even in their young 30s and stuff like that, because it is expensive out here, like sit down and talk with somebody, preferably me, but sit down and talk with an agent about the programs to get you into a house instead of throwing your money literally into the fire. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're looking to
1: buy now, but it's good to start. It's good to get into that mindset and think about the future and think
0: about where you kind of want to go. You want to start having the conversations a year, six months to a year in advance, if not significantly more, right? Exactly. The more you talk about it, the more it'll happen, the more knowledge you will have when that time comes. But the reason I say a year to six months to a year is because then that's going to get you in the realm of looking at your finances, looking at your taxes, your bank statements, getting your ducks in a row so that when the time comes and say you find your dream place at $450,000, $450,000, Yep. say you pre-qualify for 420000 that conversation's already been had that you're pre-qualified for this amount of you money. You know, yeah, you so kind of know what you're looking for. You can know your start area. really, really looking at it and say, okay, well, and there's lenders that'll work with you and kind of walk you through this process. I have an amazing lender that I work with And she'll sit down with any first time buyer and tell them, you know, this is what we can do. And you can wiggle a little bit in here if we pay a little bit of your student debt off. If we do this, there's programs. So that's all really good conversations that need to be had. But if you're going to go look at an apartment or a house or anything like that, look at houses Look at buying a house versus renting. And it's always really, worth seeing what's out there. 100%. Seeing what
1: you can, seeing kind of getting that in your mindset
0: so that you know and you have something to push forward to. Right. And really look at the fact that like, if I'm going to pay, you know, really the rent out here is $2,000 for yep. a studio or a one bedroom apartment. And that's for a shitty one bedroom apartment, I must add. So if you're going to pay $2,000 a month in rent, plus utilities plus everything else you're really going to come out around 2500 plus dollars a month. Yeah. for a one bedroom place. Well, 2500 plus dollars a month is easily a mortgage. Plus, I mean, don't let alone your security deposit and your first and last exactly. month when
1: you move in. I mean, you're you're going to be
0: 6000 dollars right off the bat. Yeah, so it really doesn't do much for you. You're going to spend a lot to get nothing back. You're literally renting a roof. Yeah. So, it's great, but I would really love to see us young people as a generation and as an age demographic start really, really considering buying homes versus renting because it's going to help us grow in the future. Yep. It's putting money into your pocket and instead it's interesting, of somebody else's instead
1: of and in a lot of cases, instead of these big development and big real estate companies, because we exactly. see you drive around. I mean, for the past two to three years, all that you see going up are giant apartment complex. it's these new they're cheaply built but made to look luxury exactly they kind of have that luxury feel but it's a lot of cheap stainless steel fake granite and they have that look that people are wanting quartz countertops and they're kind of charging more for it but it's not it's you're not really getting what you pay for. Right. And, it's, and that's yeah, you want to be able, we want to be able to put the money towards ourselves and not towards these big real estate companies.
0: Right. Well, it, it's hard to really decipher what's good for somebody until they start looking. But it's really big to start the conversation and start looking. I'm a big person that says, like, put it out there. If you want to be a hairdresser, you say, I am a hairdresser, whether you're in school to be a hairdresser or not. I am a hairdresser. Yep. I am a realtor. I am a camera operator. You are what you strive to become. And that's what I've always been told. So if you want to be a homeowner, you're going to own a home. Yes, you are. You can't say you're a homeowner yet, but you can say I'm going to own a home in X amount of months, in X amount of years. Yep. Put a time on it and really set a goal for yourself. But understand that it's a lot more accessible than people think. It is... Very, very doable. I have a friend, actually a kid that um, owns a local business out here who I went to elementary school with. So he's my age. He's 24 years old. He just purchased his second house.
1: And it's, yeah, it is something that's doable. And that like comes into the subject of bringing in residual income later yep. in your life is that's something that's important is if you are are able to make that investment now into that house and pay it off and live in it for right. five to six years, you can reach a point where you save the money to put a down payment on another house and you start renting the house that you're living in or renting the other house that you 100%. purchase. 100%. And then you are paying off your mortgage with someone else's rent. It comes to the point where you're just making money off, that,
0: off nothing essentially. Right, and the big thing is, at least to me in real estate, what you wanna do is you wanna buy a house to rent out
1: yep and that's how you're gonna live there
0: for a little bit but you're gonna end up renting that out and that passive income is not only gonna pay that mortgage but it's also gonna pay your mortgage on your other place it will cut down your prices and eventually you
1: reach to a point where you own two
0: homes full outright i'm looking to own at least six houses in the next five years at least it's the and way to go, that's rental and property, that's commercial property, that's anything I can get my hands on for a good deal. It's going to return my money and it's going to make me money while I'm living in my house, continuing my job. Because at the end of the day, the whole goal is financial freedom. Real estate is the investment that most likely will never fail. It's one that is always going to be needed and exactly. will always,
1: you have your market up highs and lows, you have the real yep. estate market that drops, but it, but it always comes around everyone always needs there's always a market for homes there's always a market
0: for rentals exactly and and the big thing to remember again is that it's accessible Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to have the conversation with an agent you're not wasting my time call me and let me know hey i rent a shithole apartment and i would really love to start looking at houses but i have five thousand dollars in my bank account I'll tell you exactly what I can do for you and in what time frame with that five thousand dollars growing into ten thousand. Yep. Because with ten to fifteen thousand dollars, you're in the ballpark. And you it's stepped something, on the field. And that brings us into another topic that we'll hopefully
1: talk about in future episodes. Is of course. Budgeting and savings and credit. Oh my god. And those are huge topics and something that you need to approach as soon as you can because building credit and starting to build your savings through yep. proper budgeting. Is it's huge and it's huge for the rest of your life and to make sure you start that now and start those good ideas
0: and those good um, Habits of saving that I mean, it's huge to start all this stuff young means that you are going to be So far surpassed everybody that hadn't thought about it All the renters that rented until they were 40 all the people that thought you know what a house is just too far out of reach for me dude, if you buy young you're going to be so far past yeah. them by the time they even blink to think about buying a house. You're going to be like, I have six or seven or 10, or I have the mansion of my dreams. And I it have all this.
1: builds on top of each other. When you reach a point where you've bought one house, where you're just bringing in pure money, you can roll that over into buying another house and exactly. buying more houses. So one of my favorite investment, this is very long-term, but starting in a re- starting your retirement account early yep. is key. Huge. There's a thing called a Roth IRA. Yep. Um, which if you put you can only put a maximum amount of fifty five hundred dollars a year, but if you put just fifty dollars a month, you get six hundred dollars a year. If you were to max that out every year from eighteen to twenty seven, it comes out to an investment of about you put in about uh thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. And which is huge. it will bring in by time you're sixty, that account will be worth nearly a million dollars. From nothing. That's if you, if you only put money in from 18 to 27 and never touch it again, it will it be worth on over a
0: million dollars. If you can be a passive income millionaire, yep. you've done something right. And You that's, can retire early. That's a goal that I strive well. for.
1: And that's something that I want to reach too. I want to be yep. able to reach a point where I have enough passive income coming in that i don't necessarily have to work i'll always want to work because it's something i enjoy and it's some but i want to have
0: the option of not having to work exactly now for me i strive because it is so expensive out here i actually just read a thing the other day that to be financially free you have to actually be a double digit millionaire nowadays wow so it's no longer being a millionaire is like whoa being a millionaire, you're still working your ass off. Yep. So nowadays, you need to be a double-digit millionaire to have kids, have a family, and be financially free and live the life you want to live, which means you need to make $10 million. $10 million. Think about that. You need it's to crazy. have a liquid $10 million. But even just Anything
1: below that, even anything that you save, anything that you like invest and put in retirement or put towards a home is huge. And it It all helps. helps. Just bringing down and helping work towards less of the burden of your bill of having bills and less of the burden of worrying about paycheck to paycheck is huge, huge. And savings
0: is key to that. And also on that living paycheck to paycheck. Yes, you might wear yourself a little thin. Yes, you might be uncomfortable in the start and say, I don't know how I'm going to make next month's mortgage payment. But you know what? Knowing that you're uncomfortable in your situation pushes you to better yourself. And budgeting well and working towards what you want and that goal that you have in your mind is key. And it's all about that. It's all about having that goal in your mind and staying focused and really striving for the top of whatever that game is for you. If it is buying a house, making sure you're on the right path to buying the house, budgeting, doing everything you need to do, which coming into the end of our show brings us to our new topic that we're going to talk about, which kind of relates to budgeting, but it's going to be called the expense report where Sam and I are going to talk about what we've spent in the past week, whether we bought some pretty shitty items or whether we bought some things that were really necessary. So that brings us into the expense report. I will go first gladly okay. um, because let me go ahead and
1: pull up my Amazon account. Real quick. Yeah, Sam's about Sam's gonna
0: open his Amazon account. I know my expenses for this week because I just looked at it. I spent and granted this is Tuesday, so I'm gonna talk about last week, Monday to Sunday. I spent like three hundred and fifty dollars last week on gas alone, just gas. Well, that's a given. I mean, I spend that every week, just gas. <laughs> my food expense was about 115 yep that's about all i spent i mean so i'm really about the 465 for the week i'd
1: probably say i'm gonna say my total would probably be about 250 for the week Um, which i tried to Not drive very much. I try to keep down on that because, you know, I don't want to spend too much on gas. And if it's not necessary, then there's no really reason to try to ride my bike. Um, It's a little harder here. Stuff's a little further apart. But, you know, even on the close stuff, I do try to do that.
0: No, 100%. I know
1: mine was... unnecessarily high for last week i mean you work you're i was driving driving around Beach every day, and i feel like a lot of the work that i do is more on my computer so i'm able to do a lot more at home and a lot less like moving around driving around so that's that's a huge part to spending less on gas but even with that i still spent probably at least 150 dollars on gas plus it's crazy tons of in and out
0: we'll see okay so you go to in and out a lot i'm a big burrito guy Uh, Oh yeah! I literally used to want to start a blog that was called Burrito Daily or Daily Burrito.
1: Where's your favorite burrito place?
0: Three Amigos. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bar none, hands down, best burrito I've ever. By far, by far. If anyone listening to this knows of a better burrito, send them my way because I challenge Three Amigos against any. We'll do a video.
1: We'll do a video and put
0: it on YouTube. I'll gladly do a video. Um, that being said. I eat burritos a lot. I used to have a one a day for oh, sure. I'm practically
1: but, on that level within and out. Sometimes I'll get it twice a day.
0: Yeah, but you're tall and skinny. I'm five, ten, and two hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, I could eat more. I'm not two hundred pounds. I'm hundred and ninety six pounds. I'm close to right, two hundred. Right. But not I'm bad. still under the two bills. <laughs> so um the expense report really what we want to talk about is like we had said, we're gonna be transparent about Ourselves and hope that that helps you guys grow and look at your expenses. Yeah, kind of see
1: where we're spending and see where we're saving and where we're definitely not saving.
0: Right. So I'm about four sixty five on last week, and my income last week was a astounding two hundred dollars. I think I made two hundred dollars last week. So and I was that at two fifty. So I'm in the whole two hundred sixty five bucks, which I have in my savings account. Yep. but. I just mean that I'm ultimately spending more than I'm pulling in. So this coming week, I'm being a lot more conscious of my spending, and I'm trying not to use my credit card. Credit cards to me or debit cards, any plastic card that you swipe is so dangerous because you lose track of the physical aspect so, that you're spending money.
1: One thing that I found is huge is looking at your bank account. It, it really gives you a lot more accountability. It terrifies me. It's terrifying. I do it every morning. I try to do it a lot. And I sign up for a service with my bank that actually texts me once or even twice a day if and gives me the current amount in my bank account, which is horrifying. See, that but, scares me. Oh, today, today I got a text that said, dream big with an exclamation mark. Your banking account has $199 in it.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, "Thanks. You couldn't God. you couldn't
1: register that dream big with like maybe a certain amount, a money amount." But at I do least, dream big.
0: At least your bank's nice. Mine uh called me. Uh-huh. I didn't answer because I was in a meeting. Right. And I got a voicemail that said, "Hello, Mr. Steagle. Uh just wanted to let you know your bank account's below $40. So, please like, uh, Please don't transfer overdraft. some money because you're going to overdraft." And at that point, I got my phone out and transferred some money, um, which is not my favorite thing to do. Right. But you'd never want to. It's hard to. T- sometimes you got to take it out of savings, but sometimes you, you got to bail yourself out. To. But at the end of the day, um, I'm definitely being a lot more conscious of my driving this week. I'm trying to walk a lot more if I can. If it's somewhere close, like if I'm going to my neighbor's, uh, my friend's house to yep. help them with something, I'm just going to walk or ride my skateboard or rollerblade. I'm definitely trying not to eat out as much. That's one I'm
1: definitely working on. Yeah, Trying to work at, eat at home a lot, make a lot more meals at home. Right. Try to cook. Yep. It's also healthier. It's healthier, it's more affordable and you know it adds
0: a little entertainment to the day. So, in all reality, the reason we want to implement the expense report is to show you guys this is real shit. We're not kidding when we tell you guys that we work really hard and we really don't have the capital that you would think yeah because it is expensive to live out here it is tough and it is it is hard to save it's hard to put money away it's It's hard to do those things and it's hard to do it and live the life you aspire to have with social media being a huge platform and everything like that i feel like everybody has a lot of pressure to look like a billionaire they all see the nice cars out here the nice girls the nice guys like the yachts and all this stuff on social media and think, you know what, like, I need to be that to be somebody. So they spend out of their means. So they have no problems going out to these fancy dinners that are $600. Yeah. When they're like not they can't necessarily afford. thinking about, and they're
1: kind of thinking about more in the moment and more exactly. about the money they're spending currently, which there are times where you should spend that. You should enjoy that yourself. 100%. And you should enjoy that money that you work hard to make. There's times. But you just got to make sure you're doing it right.
0: And exactly. limiting it in the right places. And there's times to celebrate, of course. Yep. There's times to flaunt it. If you're excited and you just, you know, closed your first deal on a contract for, you know, a movie. And you're like, yes, you know, I'm going to go out to a dinner with my family. Great. Go do it. I'm not saying you have to live in a cardboard box. hmm I'm just saying you also have to look at it and say, you know what? I'm only going to make $200 this week. Yes, I want to go to the movies with my girlfriend. Yes, I want to take her out to dinner and do all this stuff. But you know what, babe? I'm going to cook you a nice meal at home. We're going to put Netflix on and we're going to hang out because I'm trying to save for a future. Yep. And that to me.
1: And even if you just, even just saying no that one time, that one time during the week to do something else instead is still huge. You're still setting it into motion. Even if you saved $10, you decided not to do one thing and save $10. That's still, that's
0: still working towards it. Exactly. If you can set the right steps into motion, it will definitely start a snowball effect. Yep. It's like if you're trying to stop drinking soda, stop drinking soda on a Monday drink it the rest of the week the next week do monday and tuesday slowly add to it slowly take it off and you'll realize by the time you're done you don't even remember having one and if you think, what i mean in terms of saving if you think about
1: it here and there and you it's huge it's like you think about it once then you kind of have it on your mind you think about it again and again and again a little more and before you know it you're thinking about it a lot you're thinking about it all the time with most things that you buy and being conscious about what you're buying is
0: important it's I think in all reality, it's one of the biggest things that if you can be conscious of your spending, if you can be conscious of your budget, and if you can understand your highs and lows of, yes, I spend too much here, I spend too little here, so that you can kind of balance it out. Mm -hmm. Not saying you ever spend too little, but just saying like if you have room to make it up there, Yep. um, I think that's huge, and I think if you can establish that clearly at a young age... Or at any age. It's big and it really sets you up for success. And that's the thing that we really strive for, Sam and I, is success. Whether that means you're a millionaire or whether that means you have $1,000 or $100 or anything. Success is success relative is to, to how you, you want to live and how what makes you happy. And the I lifestyle think, you want to have. I used to think when we first started, I was... God, I mean, we were in high school when we started at Dronefly, mm-hmm. but I used to think that one day I'm going to get a check with a $1,000 written on it. I know it's going to happen. It's going to fucking I stole, be the I coolest. Dream of that day. I, me too. <laughs> um, I'm like, it's going to be so cool. I'm going to get a check. It's going to have a one and three zeros with a comma. I'm not going to get a decimal point. I'm going to get a comma on this check. And you know what? It happened to me one time. I got a check for $1,200. And it was because I did two jobs that forgot to pay me. So you got it all at once. So I got it all at once. Yep. But I remember looking at that check and I was like, wow, I got a thousand (laughs) bucks. This isn't really that cool. You're like, oh, wow. Because it happened. And it was something that it was a goal and I had achieved it. But I thought that that's what success was going to be. Yeah, was being able to get to that point. If I can break that barrier of a thousand dollar check. I'm going to get another $1,000 check and then a $2,000 and there's check.
1: And are always goals to break though. I mean, it is it's kind great. of
0: way is you
1: always work yourself up
0: and work your way up that right. tier. Which is fantastic. But to me, it was one of those things and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? Shit. I'm not successful right now. I'm comfortable and I have some money to spend. But I'm not successful in my eyes. Yeah. And the reason I wasn't successful is because... I was spending so much money that when I got that thousand dollars, it all went to bills, right? I didn't even get to enjoy it. So that I didn't succeed in my eyes. I didn't succeed. I succeeded in getting that thousand dollar check. And you, and you succeeded in paying your bills, which is huge. I did pay my bills off, but success is all relative. So to me, I was like, wow, this isn't what I thought it would be. I thought it would be so cool. And I you had something else in your mind, kind of. I had a false notion of what a thousand dollars was. It was some fantasized thing in my head that a thousand dollars was like a million bucks. Yeah. I was going to be so set with a thousand bucks, and when it came, I was like, "Damn, I'm broke." You're like, "Damn, okay, it's all gone." I'm like, Sam, I need another job tomorrow. What are you <laughs> That's doing,
1: That's the bud? worst. That's the worst. Is when it all comes and then it's uh, gone, just like that.
0: It's horrible. But um, I think you know it's all good stuff. And I think you have to set a goal for yourself. You have to really strive to hit that goal. And you also have to work in the right direction for life. And I know that's a really vague term. And I know that it sounds really weird to say work in the right direction for life. But look at where you see your life. You can be anywhere in five years that's a new thing i just learned yesterday interesting but you can be anywhere can. in five years and
1: i've been in like so many different positions in the last five
0: years it's
1: crazy places i mean it is, it is crazy at, i
0: got a snapchat notification yesterday that said uh three years ago yesterday we were in croatia i got that too yeah, yeah. that's crazy that's picture. so
1: it feels so like close it feels
0: like it just happened but it's crazy how fast time goes. And that's the thing that I think people really lose sight of is that time continues going no matter what you're doing. Yep. Um, so guys, that's going to be our second episode for ambitiously broke. Um, please, please, please follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at ambitiously broke. My personal Instagram is at Jacob Stiegel, J-A-C-O-B-S-T-E-A-G-A-L-L. And mine is at S Mobley,
1: S-M-O-B-L-E-Y. And you know what? We're also going to start doing a behind the episode on our website, Ambitiously Broke, so check it out. And get all the details, all the pictures, all the charts from everything we
0: talked about today. Exactly. You'll get to learn a little bit about us. You'll get to learn about the episode and really what kind of pushed us to... Kind of get a little more info behind it. Yeah, what pushed us to talk about things that we talk about on the show. So give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe, all that stuff. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you have any comments, feel free to DM us, shoot us an email, anything like that, and we will be more than happy to accommodate anything for you guys. But that's going to be it. Thank you all for listening. Have a great night.